Hello and welcome to Smirsh Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films, and let's be honest, other films as well, by those who enjoy, hate, or you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This is another of our special compilation episodes, where we delve into the archive for the best bits of Smirsh's gone by, cut out the libelous bits, and package them together for you like the best picking mix you've ever had. We've even used plastic tongs and a little share cup. This time round we'll be setting our sights on 2022. Over the next 45 minutes, you'll hear from a Welshman impersonating a Scotsman pretending to be a Russian, tales of a watery grave for a Jedi Master, and the return of everybody's favourite reptile-based trio. But let's kick off with a pocket full of kryptonite. A little Spin Doctor's reference there for the kids. In a minute, Johnny Candon on Superman 4 and Supergirl. But first of all, Bizarro himself, Paul Ditchfield on Superman 3. With a lot of Richard Pryor in films, um, how much he just relies on um, not actually saying words, just sounds. Just yeah. <laughs> so he just seems to resort in all these sort of mad O's and R's, which he, is infinitely amusing. He can't, call, he can't hold a job. He cannot hold a job, which means he's a wastrel. Yeah. Yeah. Grotbags tells him off. Not the actress who plays Grotbags, no, but she looks no, like it. No, I shared some scampi with her once in uh, Butlin's Minehead. Of course she did. Yeah. With Grotbags, not this woman. With Grotbags, yeah. Grotbags yeah. herself. She wasn't in Grotbags regalia. No. I was. <laughs> <laughs> and she went something like, do you know what? I'm Grotbags. And I was like, couldn't give a shit with my eyes. It's like, mm. a bit rude that you said that. With my eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it like that bit in Red of the Lost Ark? He closed them and he said, couldn't give a shit. <laughs> and she melted. This is my problem because right right from the bat, we are told that Richard Pryor is a loser. Mm. And yet, he seems to have infinite capacity to be a genius. So on the way out, he gets he asks a brother for a match. His words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on the match, it says, earn big money, become a computer programmer. Big, big money. It doesn't say instantly become the best computer program yeah. in the world it doesn't say um come up with a random idea that um due to good luck more than diligence pays off mm. and then be able to just be like the most amazing computer scientist engineer that's ever lived no it doesn't say that like you know there's a weather satellite yeah can you make it change weather <laughs> no that's impossible yeah but you can do it yeah right i think yeah. i can I'll give it a go yeah and yeah. why there do you want to build the biggest supercomputer there's ever yeah i'll give that a go yeah. as well yeah how do you want to turn it off uh, with a smarty on the end of a pin <laughs> all right if that's what you want can i tell you the fame my favorite bit of imdb trivia i saw go about on. this sequence the blind man seeing eye dog takes off after another dog causing all the trouble in the beginning this is taking liberties for the sake of comedy, as seeing-eye dogs are specifically trained to ignore other dogs in the performance of their duties. Bloody hell. I mean, who wrote that? Barbara Woodhouse. Yeah. You're sort of already, right from the bat, derailing any sense of drama or sort of respect for the genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of right from the bat. Yeah. Everything's... <laughs> and, like, bird shit gags and just think, um, just blind people falling into holes. Blind people thinking that a road-marking thing is their dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas you'd immediately go, I can't remember my dog having a fucking metal handle. So you'd immediately realise, don't your other senses compensate? I think they're supposed to. Not, not with this bloke. No, he's, his dog suddenly weighs a t- half a ton. Half a ton. <laughs> and his paws are on rollers. <laughs> and he's made of metal. Superman, those movements are sort of like a kind of, um, they're almost an allegory, if, if I'm using that properly, for g- growing up. 
mm. like childhood's end. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when you're a kid, you've got a favourite uncle who's really fun. Mm. And then by the time you're an adult, you realise he's just a bit of an old drunk. Yeah. And um, that's Superman 4. <laughs> so Superman and I go back, mm. basically, in that Superman the movie was the very first film I was taken to see in the cinema. Aww. And Yeah, when I was like five. And I'm adopted. So I turned around to my mum. Basically, when it's when little baby Superman and his willy <laughs> lift up the truck. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and um, the uh, I turned around to her in the cinema and went, oh, he's like... Because they explained to me from the age of zero, basically, that, um, you know, you, what adoption You were from was. Krypton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, just stand me by a window and go, go on, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. And um, so... Um, I sort of kind of got the idea generally, but uh, I was I was very small, I was five, and um, I turned to my mum in this cinema, packed cinema, and I went, oh, I'm like Superman, in that they're not his real parents, but they love him. Aww. And she cried, because she realised that she'd adopted somebody who talks during movies. <laughs> um, this is one I watch sort of recreationally now and then, because it's one of those films for me that the ten-year-old me went to see at the cinema. Right. It's, I still have that sense of excitement and magic embedded in it, even though I know it's crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was Superman three for me. Mm. I went, to, I went to see Superman three, and I came out just going, "Oh my god!" I mean, eat shit, Godfather. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was the, so um, I probably just, I don't know. It's probably cool in my head to slag it off as well. That's probably how you got girls. Oh yeah, definitely. Great. But going into a disco, Superman throws a lot of rubble, and they're like, "Give me your cock." Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, a lad over there is talking about police, ca- police academy for he's scoring loads of chicks oh you're as stubborn as your father like, I just don't want to sell the fucking thing for flats get it into your head yeah. you know what I mean But um, I want a real farmer working here in 1987 there won't be any the t- real farmers anymore Clark that's progress yeah is it yeah <laughs> I don't know I could, I could he sounds like Brexit today. yeah hey. well he'd have, he'd have voted for Brexit oh yeah yeah exactly politics, so would Clark yeah. he Do said he doesn't believe in progress uh, he literally yeah. says that. And he could spin the world backwards and change it all back to the good old days. Yeah. Suddenly Mr Hornby's got, like, platform shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only change. That's, the only <laughs> that's literally the only <laughs> change. Everything else is exactly the same. <laughs> Not a stitch else has changed if you're wearing massive platform shoes. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Clark. <laughs> I didn't like that modern world, but here we are, living the dream. <laughs> Is John Lennon still dead? Yeah, yeah. But Good. Mr. Holby's got platform shoes. <laughs> Look at him go. She sort of plays Cara as if she's a little bit stoned yeah. or a bit drunk or a something. A bit drunk, yeah. You know what I mean? She's wandering around. She's wandering around Argo City, which just looks like the inside of a huge shopping centre. It's what? just lots of... Is it corridors? Peter O'Toole's just got this sort of dildo that makes things, and he's just wandering yeah. around making weird things. Is, yeah, and you think in a finite amount of space, like if mm. it is quite a small place, mm. if some fucker was walking around building things, you'd mm. be like, all right, do you want to just knock that on the head now? Yeah. Be, <laughs> we can't fit. He's going, I'm going to do another tree. It's fine. We don't know what trees are. Stop making them. And, um, he, you know, but she sort of she walks through a, like she walks through school at one point she just walks through a class and goes mm. oh sorry and the teacher's like it's alright you know it's like it's like she's the village idiot yeah. they're, all, they're all just a bit used to her it's like oh here comes Cara you know I mean, hi Cara she looks great in the Supergirl costume mm. it's a lovely costume but then she does she does this odd thing she picks up a rock yes. and just squishes it Hmm. to show how strong she is now like I mean to show the viewer how strong she is now hmm. and you think well I'm glad she didn't land in a fucking crash you know what I mean it's... 
This blonde woman came in and started screaming the babies. <laughs> it's a fucking bloodbath, you know. It's like, she was dressed like Superman. <laughs> it's yeah. So she does that, and then she uses her heat vision to make a daisy open, mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And then you go, ah, oh, this is nice. This she does a good. fart, and a bloke in a little dinghy goes three hundred miles an hour. <laughs> Just flies over a mountain. <laughs> Into a volcano and dies. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> oh, those Argo beans. Yeah, she flicks a bogey and just causes nine eleven. Also, I like the, the the trivia for this film. That it was like the producers asked Christopher Reeve. So was, I imagine them going, "Of course, you'll appear in our Supergirl film." And he's gone, "No, I've yeah. done Superman three, and that's it. Thank you very much." Because that was the thing, wasn't mm. it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it meant to be? Hadn't he done Superman 3 and said, I'm done now. Yeah. That's me out. Yeah. And then, oh, God, if only he'd done it, Christopher. I mean, mm. it's like Superman 4. Do I get a hand in the story? Ugh, yeah. But, I mean, that's not going to be any good. So, they could. I mean, he should have done Supergirl as a sort of a handover. Mm. And then, I don't know, he goes, do you know what? I'm going to go to Argo City and meet all my old relatives. I'm mm. going to leave Earth in your safe hands. And he I'm going to go and pick up the Argo catalogue. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hairdryer for tenor, that's amazing. Peter O'Toole comes by in a conveyor belt. I brought you little pencils, Cara. (laughs) Could you brush your teeth? No. No. (laughs) They've got whiskey down there. Bye. (laughs) Of course, if you enjoyed those, you'd probably lap up something like, I don't know, Superbook, the world of superheroes according to Smashpod, now available at all great bookstores and Amazon. It wouldn't be Smash without Bond, of course, and nobody did it better in 2022 than these three. First, you'll hear Dan Thomas on Quantum of Solace, then joined by Dean Burnett on The World Is Not Enough, and topped off by the rubbish John Thompson with Diamonds Are Forever. Great. But there's a nice joke here that always makes me laugh, where she goes, um... Five years he worked for me. She goes, I bought him an ashtray for his birthday or something. And then Bond goes, I don't think you smoked. <laughs> Maybe that's what turned him. Yeah, yeah. I don't even yeah. smoke and she bought me this. Love, look at this, she bought me this. Hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a secret organisation, I am. I'm sick of this. You know his wife died of horrible cancer. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Maybe I shouldn't have bought him those uh, ashtrays. And before she died, actually, he clubbed her to death with an ashtray. So this is... Um, Bad. Yeah. He's crossed because Bond killed Mitchell, and it's like, well, what was he supposed to do? Oh, I know. This is. I feel like this that's the theme a lot of, of the film, things. isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of things in this. Like, why'd you do that? He goes, "You weren't there, love. Right? You yeah. were chasing a cartoon bull or whatever. Mm. Right? Mm. I. Why would you kill him? Because I had to kill him. You absolute twats. He was firing a gun at me. Yeah. To kill yeah. me. And according to the training that you gave me, mm. shoot back. You said so. I yeah. done that. Yeah. And now he's dead, and I don't regret it. We meet Tanner for the first time, played by Rory Kinnear. Yeah, who I have a personal relationship with. You have a personal relationship with him. Yeah. yeah. Go on, tell the story. So, uh, uh, I, I may have mentioned it before, I'm not sure. I, um, I don't think you uh, have. About, uh, where are we now? About 14 years ago, I was on the ITV, as a contestant, daytime version of, it was called House Guest. But it was it was the daytime version of whatever that show is. Come dine with me, right? Oh, the yeah. twist was you had to stay overnight. Anyway, I was a contestant on it. Didn't go well. I won't go into it. But anyway, <laughs> you've never told me this story. No. And Rory mm-hmm. Kinnear did the narration. And months later, when I'm watching it, he is very sarcastic about me. 
Is he? What did he say? He well, basically, I I had not prepared the food to a high standard, and he I don't forget. I don't remember exactly what he said. I just right. remember him being a little bit sneering about me. <laughs> so when you say you've got a personal relationship, you mean you have some sort of vendetta against him? Yeah, he probably doesn't remember me, but no, I remember him. The bond has passed. Has been passed for active duty, noting exceptional stamina. Mm. You wouldn't put that, would you? She um, like her money penny have a bit of a money penny gives her some shit, doesn't she? She slut shames her. Yeah, so seriously. But again, that's like so. Bond's quite happy to have sex with a doctor, but not money penny. And like, yeah. <laughs> I just don't, do. Do we think they actually have done it? We just have, we've never seen them do it. I think they might have done it once, mm. and uh, they, it was both a bit awkward. So they're just avoiding talking about it. But she's not. She brings it up every time. Yeah, so, like, so does he. <laughs> yeah, just, maybe it was the one time he couldn't get it up. Oh, mm. uh, now that's a whole movie. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Bond lost his mojo. The answer earlier question: um, the erection reflex is a lot, a lot of space in the spine, so he might actually still be able to. Just won't feel anything. So. But yeah, but how he might not be able to get aroused because he can't feel a, yeah. you know, touching his balls in it. Yeah, but you know, a lot of guys get aroused and just sat on a bus. It just happens sometimes. Yeah, but that's because you can feel it wobbling. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you can feel it, but the, the lower half of your body can feel it. Like, the, the nerves are reacting to the vibrations and but without, without your brain getting involved. So you probably maybe can get it up, but you probably wouldn't be able to do anything with it because you can't feel it. So, What does it say about being shot up the arsehole? Uh, that's f- further research required. <laughs> yeah, that's the exact opposite of Dean's speciality. To be fair, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. She went. Well, you know, she could imagine what's what's this obsession with diamonds? You see, mm-hmm. and they apparently John Barry said to her, um, "Diamonds. It's a metaphor. Think of penises when you're singing it. Right. And this is not genuine. Yeah. I've heard this. Yeah. And that's she nailed it after that. Definitely. What does that say about her? Well, she's a non-materialistic sex lover. Well, aren't we all? Can I just point something mm. out here? So, mm. being a fan of Bond, I, mm. I, I, when I became a student in Manchester, I decided to dress up and mm. start going to casinos. Little did I know, mm. it was full of Chinese people in shell suits eating, <laughs> eating chicken at the t- table. And right. I was horrified. I bet. In a three-piece suit yeah. and shiny shoes. Yeah. Because I'd watched Bond. And yeah. I was Bond that night. And um, not only that, that it, I'd, I had quite a good win on Blackjack. Mm. Tipped the croupier. The pit boss was called, and I was asked to leave the table because tipping in the UK is soliciting. Oh, my God. Yes. You should have done your Roger Moore voice. Oh, dear. It's uh, something of a travesty. Um, so they I always to- like. I love like when I come during the day in my house because I don't drink anymore. Yeah. I'd like to proffer people a Vimto bottle and go That's something from our extensive cellars. <laughs> my favourite, of course, is uh, I now have a rifle aimed precisely at your groin. <laughs> so speak now, or forever hold your peace. <laughs> Before that, as well, we've got an elephant playing a fruit machine, uh, and, uh, and it does that unless if it doesn't want to be beaten with sticks. I love that, and the fact that the, it hits the jackpot, and, yep. the, and guess what the sign is? It's three elephants. Yeah, and you know what? No one's asked. I if I was elephant. in a casino and an elephant came in and won the jackpot, I'd have a look. But the elephant almost is looking around going, what do you think about that? And absolutely no one's asked. No one's looking. It's no. just actually looking for the next stick that it's going to hit be hit with. <laughs>
then he goes in expecting to meet the elusive, mysterious Willard White. Yes. And this is where Cubby Broccoli's dream comes in. Yeah. Thinks it's Willard. He turns around and there's Charles Gray. Yeah. But not one. Not one. Oh, no. Buy one, get one free. I say, you buy one, you get one free. Just like him. I say, what do I say? You buy one, you get one free. Blofeld, Dad. 0800 106 107. Now. It's the Blofeld double deal. The Blofeld double deal is now. The bomb is revealed. Sean ties the bomb to his tails of his jacket and pulls his hands between his legs and he goes, ooh, and all you need is June because he looks exactly like Terry Scott. He really does. At this point. And when he pulls his hands up, you should have got a... <laughs> a swanny whistle. Yeah. Yeah. And over he goes and kaboom. Twenty twenty two wasn't a long time ago. But Star Wars was. It literally says here at the start of all the films. Here's Tom Crowley with his thoughts on The Last Jedi and poor chap, the rise of Skywalker. So she gets in the Millennium Falcon and flies off. Yep. And then Luke thinks, well, like a, like a drunk uncle, well, I'm going to go and fucking burn everything down then. So he goes yeah, to the Jedi does, yeah. tree with a big fire. Yeah, and then and then Yoda turns up and is like, <laughs> "What's mm. the whole point of fucking like the character of Yoda is that he's this sort of little unassuming Buddha-like kind of mm. old guy and like and you think oh this sort of little mischievous gremlin isn't any sort of great Jedi monster like you know he is he's basically That's Ronnie Corbett of, he's like Ronnie Corbett it's like if Ronnie yeah. Corbett was um, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Mm. And we'd all like to see that. The one thing I have an issue with is that a force ghost hits someone. And I went, oh, is that mm. possible? But I guess mm. it is. The force can affect things physically. So <laughs> what I'd like to have seen in that scene, when he hits Luke on that stick, because Luke's still really angry, I'd like to stand up and punt him over the fucking <laughs> <laughs> Biff him off the edge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, shit, he probably had something really wise to say. Yeah, I've really... I, Shouldn't give in to my anger like this. Oh, he was I, right about that chain. I haven't of seen anger him in ages as well. I just yeah, him no, the seat. sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking every day Luke wakes up, walks past the cliff, and he just sees Yoda <laughs> floating face down in the sea. <laughs> A blue glowing Yoda. Still. <laughs> so force ghosts can hit people, and they need to breathe as well. It's been established. <laughs> so sad people who've been listening to this podcast long enough will realize that i tend to go off on tangents when i don't really want to talk about the film yeah (laughs) as we just did there but we're going to get back on track because we're greeted with the opening crawl that says the dead speak yep and then it goes oh and um palpatine's back what yeah the 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 most important plot point arguably is just thrown away in the opening titles Mm. i was thinking about this and like there is a balance to that right because from the very first movie really seismic important events are explained in the title crawl Mm. but when you've just gone you know emperor snow can like raise parentage and and all and kylo ren's redemption and all those other things we've been talking about all this time well don't worry too much about that the main thing is we we had uh we got a drive time radio show from emperor palpatine (laughs) This one goes out to Anita, who's going out tonight in Stoke. Have fun, Anita. Here's Rita Ora. And they're going, oh, no, Palpatine's back and he's 
playing some absolute stinkers. So, so Palpatine is Simon Bates. Yeah, that's right. The opening crawl should be one of those things that you know when they get like a million billion photos and they make yeah. a picture out of their photos. It should yeah. be that when you look at the crawl from front to end, yeah. it makes a picture of Ryan Johnson being punched in the face or something. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just a hand extending a middle finger. What better visual metaphor for the entire film than Luke's battered, moss-covered, clapped-out old X-Wing being listlessly dredged out of the ocean <laughs> one last time? What I love about that is, A, inside it'll be really wet and horrible and smell yeah, bad. She sits on there just... Yeah, and it's just be full of like weird fish and crustaceans and all sorts. And mold and and she's mosses. also got his helmet. Yeah, where'd you get that from? Yeah, I don't know. How, how does it fit her as well? She's got a much smaller head. Much smaller head. It would be like a little child putting on one. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That is quite. Cute, Another actually. thing that might have added some character to the character of Ray. Yeah. There's too much bloody lore and new characters every five seconds. So yeah. then uh, Ben immediately gets thrown down a hole. Yeah. And Ray is like struggling, and then she hears the voices of past All Jedi, voices, many of which are very samey. I recognise you, McGregor. And mm-hmm. then when it's like Hayden Christensen's voice is so forgettable and indistinct that they had to have him say, "Bring balance," like I did. Mm. <laughs> and you go, "Oh wait, that's like meant me. to be Hayden Christensen." Hayden Christensen, like me, I Anakin played Anakin Skywalker. Skywalker. Uh, but if they had like they have got Yoda, obviously mm. you know who that is. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Luke, sure, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, fine. If Samuel Jackson was there, you would know who that was. Mm. But as it was, it's just like some voices, and it just doesn't become clear. Who if one of them was David Jason. Ray, David you Jason. Plonk, uh, yeah, you but, but, he's, but he comes in as as Count Duckula. Mm. Igor, and then you go, oh no, that is that's Count Duckula. Oh, Ducky Poo. <laughs> nanny comes in. He's like, yeah. Oh, Nanny, I'm busy talking to Ray. How did Nanny um, do injure her arm anyway? Uh, we never find out. No. Mm. Terrible storytelling in Duckula. I know, it's awful. Mm. We're just meant to accept, are we? We're meant to accept that Nana's, Nanny's broken her arm. We never find out How why. Oh. We don't know. Um, God, Ryan I think she jumped fired. in front of a staking. Yeah, I think probably. <laughs> she saved Duckula. <laughs> She's actually the greatest hero in the Duckula universe. She is. We just never find out. Yeah. Oh! Back down to earth now for a trio of classics covering the 70s, 80s and 90s. You'll hear Dan Thomas on The Hunt for October, Paul Litchfield on Star Trek The Motion Picture, but first up, The Game is Afoot, with Paul Gannon and young Sherlock Holmes. And then Watson goes, oh by the way, I've also figured out something, and Holmes goes, what? And he goes, well, El Tar is Wraith backwards. Thank God his name wasn't Turtnook. Because that would have made it really odd for him to get a job in a school. A very classy school. <laughs> I know it was an obvious joke, it's but good, I really... Though. I enjoyed it. When am I ever going to get the chance to do that kind of crap ever never, again? I... Never, And I like this bit because the script goes... Well, Chris Columbus obviously thinks, shall I go through the scene of Holmes explaining it to them? No. Mm. We'll get Michael Horden back in. He goes, Hope. It sounds like every now and then he's doing his own story in his head. I just, mm. just, and I remember recording Paddington. No, no, we're doing Holmes <laughs> no. right now. Oh, oh yes. I was badgering Wind and the Willows around this time. <laughs> I'm doing an advert for Revels tomorrow. <laughs> all right, Mike. I'm going to feed all, right. all of them up my bum hole. <laughs> what? I push a little peanut up and it comes out a treat. That old gag. Hell. I haven't heard that for a long time. I mean, when do you think, when did treats stop being a thing? About 1985? Yeah, you're blaming him for the downfall of treats because he, they found that it was a factory full of old men having peanuts put up their bottom. They're <laughs> <laughs> squeezing them out. Oh, God, men's and men's. Bags. That's what M&M stands for. <laughs> and, just, and they're all strapped down like it's a battery farm. 
imagine? <laughs> just a trough. They're eating constantly out of a trough of Werther's originals. <laughs> well, someone with a little rubber glove puts a peanut up their bum. Yeah, it's their job. I don't know whose job's got it worse. Oh. They're more the guy who works the factory line. Bentley Bobster, he's walking along and then he's like, oh, something, something on the little, little thing on the back of his neck. Mm. We don't, he doesn't know what it is. Doesn't know. But he's going to go and have, but God damn it, he's going to go and have his lovely pheasant bird game thing, whatever he's going to eat. Yeah, whatever that is. I mean, mm. I presume it's a pheasant. But it, it looks like, do you remember Thundercats? Well, it looks like all the te- the, the villains in it. Yeah, the little eagle men. Yeah. Vulture men. Look like one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's eating his bird and then the bird's like, ah, starts attacking him, which is, you know, quite scary if you're a little, ch- little child. It was very scary. And that's mm. what I miss about 80s kids films with mm. horror elements is that these days they're all, they kind of dance around it. But the, back in the 80s, like, who gives a fuck? Throw that terror bird in. Yeah. See how they like that. Yeah. Get a cake in someone's face. Yeah, just, 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 just whatever it takes to absolutely destroy a child. Have a cream horn <laughs> tea bag a child. <laughs> Is that a really good idea, Chris? Do you think that's that's appropriate? Oh, I was, I was doing mescaline last night. I had the weirdest dreams, and I was inspired. Do you think this was like when Stephen King wrote the entire book of it on cocaine and had no memory of it? Chris Columbus wrote this on mescaline. I think he did. I think mm. that's the only. It's like he, he spent two weeks completely blackout whatever on it woke up and there was like four scripts um also did you read who the script doctor was on this film no who was it jeffrey archer see here's the thing now mm. with, with you i never know what's a piss ball gag or what's <laughs> an actual fact it's an actual fact wow yeah he was brought in to kind of oversee that oh, i think maybe to sort of make the language more oldie english at times <laughs> Uh, well, that's 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 something that comes up later where there's a few phrases that don't work for me, and I don't know mm. if it's just because it sounds out of place or whether it's because they've made that phrase up. But yeah. Hey, Watson, get me a cup of coffee. That one. Hey, Watson, where's the grits? <laughs> I gotta get my grits and my pastrami sandwich before I quack the case. So Holmes there, he's got a mentor who's called Rupert Waxflatter. He's an eccentric, mm. retired professor to whom the school has given a large attic space for inventions, as they would. As they would. Yeah. Because how many, you know, fired teachers all get to live in the attic? Maybe there are a few up there. Maybe there's like a, the attic space in that school was full of teachers. Yeah. Inventing stuff. Well, you'd hope so. I call this the fleshlight. <laughs> it means there's no need for a lady, <laughs> which is great in this society. As there's only one. Mm. And we don't go near her, do we? The wax fat is like, no, you fucking don't. I've invented the multi-fleshlight, <laughs> which I've put onto the spokes of an old carriage wheel. Now seven men can stare at each other in the eye as they thrust against the fleshlight. And it <laughs> rotates and plays. We'll be coming round the mountain the whole time. I think it's best you stay in this attic forever. <laughs> You've been up there a bit too long, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't give you my Welsh submarine, mm. as well, it were. Man. Imagine a Welsh submarine. Well, it's a coracle with another coracle glued on top of it. Oh, yeah. Sounds yeah. quite simple. Ah, oh, imagine what song you'd sing when you're under there. Uh, you'd be like, oh, let them sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close harmony singing. Goodbyes. They do that. That one. Yeah, that, that one Welsh yeah. <laughs> choral song. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. That'd be lovely. Yeah. They'd, give, they'd make a film out of you, like Fisherman's Friends, Submarine Pals. 
<laughs> Doesn't sound quite as hard edged as Red October. John McTiernan's Submarine Pals. <laughs> Filmed just off the coast of fucking Neath, which is landlocked, I just realised. But still. Yeah. Because he's got to give a briefing to James L. Jones and he says, Look, the Russians have got this submarine. And James L. Jones takes off his headphone and goes, Sorry, I was just listening to Wham. Because <laughs> it's 1984. And he leaps I'm... over his desk. He's wearing a full shell suit. Yeah. I'm just uh, off to go and watch Ghostbusters. Do you want to come with me? Just what's this, What was that gunshot noise? That was just the art department being shot because yeah. they went too far. Yeah. Uh, do you want to play Dragon's Lair? Will you stop? <laughs> just, we get. Well, I tell you what. Instead of all this, let's just write on the front. It's set in 1984. Okay, and scene. He says, "I think this is a caterpillar drive." I will <laughs> say this about this mm. film. There's a lot mm. of. Uh, things that are uh, decisions that are made quite quickly. Like he's had a look at a a, a picture of a submarine that's got mm. two big doors on it. He goes, "I'll tell you exactly what that is." Well, I mean, they could just be decals, mate. Yeah, it yeah. could. Oh, no, just oh, I've just realised. Yeah, it, no, no, it's either a magneto drive or it's a big sticker that says "powered by fairy dust." Mm. Mm. Uh, but he goes, "No, it's definitely caterpillar drive." And everyone goes, "Ah, oh, fair enough." Then just above that, I slow down for horses' side. <laughs> Seahorses, sorry. Seahorses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They go quiet, but Jones can hear them singing. He's like, I think I can hear singing. And then Sam Neill's like, well, shouldn't we tell them to shut up, sir? And Connery looks around and goes, no, let them sing. I have a question about this. Mm. Why does he let them sing? Is I was I always read that, but I could be wrong, as him wanting to leave a breadcrumb for any American sonar. Oh, maybe. I just thought it was a morale thing. Yeah, but he's, he's obsessed gonna... with morale, isn't he? He is obsessed with morale, but he is going to chuck mm. these people off the boat in about two days. Yeah, but he's got an excuse lined up for that, hasn't he? He does a really bad fart. It's essentially, Sh- yes. Sorry, comrades, I've done a very bad fart. You'll have to leave on the emergency boat. It's fucking stinking here. <laughs> and that's your plan, is it? Yes. That's that's why you're eating boiled cabbage, is it? Yes. That's right. We've been planning this for two years. I've been eating cabbage for two years in preparation for this. Also, you should have sugar puffs. <laughs> that makes sure the wee smell funny too. Also, it's fun to say when I say it. Sugar, sugar puffs. Except they're not called that anymore. What are they called now? Honey monster. Well, that's shite. It is shite. It feels like a sequel to sugar puffs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like when they... Like with, there was Dirty Harry and then there was Magnum Force. So, it's, so then Ramius and Sam Neill have a little chat about is where will you live when we get to America? Where are you going to live? And Sam Neill says, I would like to live in Montana and marry a large American woman <laughs> who will cook rabbits for me. It is very sweet. I wish he'd survived and seen what the dating scene was like in Montana. Like imagine oh. sticking out in your Tinder. Yeah. Like Greg with the heavy Russian accent, but he's had to change his name. He's like, I'm looking for a woman who will watch me shoot rabbits and then will cook them. And she has to be round. Uh, used to live in a large black thing full of semen. <laughs> now out on the dating scene and ready to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is funny to see, but I think if yeah. I had lost a submarine so mm. close to a known defector and mm. something was probably up, I wouldn't mention it to anyone. No. I would like, no, we still got definitely all of our subs. None missing. None missing. No, all good. So then Ryan and Ramius, they go up to the top of the sub as they they arrive at the Jeep, the the Penta Scott River in Maine. And then Ryan's like, that island over there, me and my dad used to fish there. And Ramius is like, I couldn't give a shit. 
He doesn't say that. He says, uh, <laughs> he does say, don't give a shit. And then cuts the credits. <laughs> then Ray Reardon comes out there and he goes, that's all, folks. Oh, yeah. Ray Reardon will return in <laughs> Patriot Games. Anyway, that's the hunt for October. What a joy to talk about. Oh, that, was, that was lovely. It got a bit more uh, snooker-based than I was anticipating. I would never have guessed we'd be focus heavily on snooker, but we did. <laughs> One of the greatest films ever made, and we talked about Ray Reed more than Sean Connery. <laughs> well, so, so Kirk says, well, where is Deckard? And everyone goes, he's in engineering. He's in engineering, of course. Um, so he goes down to see him. But before he does that, uh, he pops in to see how the uh, teleporting's going. Uh, what? Not oh, going too well. God. That's, that's just the most disturbing scene in this entire film. One of them being is, a new Vulcan science officer, Sonak. One of them, Sonak, who's only mm. going, oh, I couldn't add them. Mm. And suddenly they both turn up half inside out. I want to see them. Screaming. They're screaming. I'd like them to be, be a plate of mints with fake teeth and eyes. Because <laughs> they go, he goes, Kirk to enter. And a, and goes, a pot noodle with a moustache. <laughs> That's all, that's all that survives. But after all this, we meet Lieutenant Ilya. Oh. Uh, and Decker's like... Come on, <laughs> Yeah, and she's, and she's like, well, yes, we held hands once. Hmm. Apparently in the original script, um, Deltons can give off the most powerful sex pheromone oh. that drives men crazy. Is that why when the first thing she says to Kirk is, um, yes. I'm, I'm celibate? yes. <laughs> I think that is it. Or maybe it's just because he's Captain Kirk. Because he's Captain Kirk. She literally, hi, we're pointing for duty. I'm celibate, by the way. It's because if you extend the shot out, he's got a massive boner. He's literally pushing the captain's chair down into a table position, (laughs) putting stirrups on it. No, I'm celibate, Captain. Oh. Um, Cancel that sex swing order. (laughs) Um, um, So the systems get loaded. Meanwhile, the cloud's firing on them. And the spot's like, I reckon... It's trying to transmit something. I reckon if I transmit something, it's like it has to be read really quickly. You get the yes. bloke from you get the bloke from the micro machines adverts to do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. It's and, very much that. And you get this very much. It feels like there's a scene like this in every film where Shatner's desperately in need of something to happen. So he's like, oh, "And Spark, now yeah. Spark." Anytime um, now. And then eventually he sends it and the, the, the blast disappears. It's great though, I love that bit. It's that great bit where Decker goes, You you said you wanted to hear it, you know, I'm your officer, I have to give you another opinion, and Shatner goes, That's true. You're right. Only 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 Shatner can deliver those lines. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? He puts full stops where there aren't full stops. A probe appears on the bridge. Oh, I love this bit so much. Oh, it's frightening as fuck. It's terrifying. It's so jarring. Mm. It's so loud. Mm. <laughs> it's really like they amplify that. And I love the fact it's just a column of lightning going around looking at shit. It's a bit like shit. the Tasmanian devils come on board. <laughs> yes, yeah. it really is. It's mental. And Decker's like, don't interact with it. Just, just yeah. He's basically, he treats it like it's a wasp. Just stay still. Just, it won't go bo- away. <laughs> <laughs> it won't bother anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, even it's check, ha- even Chekhov's trying to put it under a under a glass. Now that won't work. That's hovering work. over Spock's chips. Get that off. <laughs> over Kirk's pint of cider. He's got. Get off. Get off. Just ignore it. He <laughs> flies into. He tries to do a mind meld, but of course, because there's so much power and so much information, it nearly kills him. 
Yeah, but first he goes to the most trippiest, beautiful sequence oh, ever, doesn't it's he? It's very 2001, isn't it? Ah, uh, which is which was mm. which was their reason d'etre. They were like, we must make it look a bit like that or close yeah. encounters. Um, but it's so beautiful. It it's so amazing. Beautiful. It's ma- and it just adds to the madness of it all. Just mm. what the fuck is this? The bit where he's like, I'm seeing like all the planets that this Vija has um, made carbon copies of that is collected in its database. He says, I've just it's watched amazing. every episode of Campion. I've just watched every episode of Fresh Fields and French Fields. And then I then must mind meld I must mind meld with Julian McKenzie. Ah! I got Anton Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> also the aperture that they go through is a big meta It's a big meta It's a big meta Yeah, and also that the Viager itself when it goes moving looks like a big doll. It looks beautiful. Oh, beautiful. It's so beautiful. But they realise when they get close to it that you have to, a human has to be on hand to do it because the cables have kind of been trimmed or they need to be put together like a hot two, wire situation. Two, two cables have been severed maybe during yeah. its flight or whatever. And I mm. love the way that Vija is talking with... Mm. Just electricity it's noises. It's the teacher from Charlie Brown. And that's nearly it from this special Best of 2022 compilation. If you've liked this, why not subscribe, write us a review, follow us on Patreon, follow us in the street. Actually, no, don't do that. Maybe even buy Superbook, Exploderbook and Thunderbook. Other books by different authors are available with different names, but they aren't as good or as cheap. Whatever you choose to do, though, I'm very grateful. We'll leave you with one final 2022 mega mix, where I was again joined by fellow Snake Boys Tom's Neenan and Crowley to probe Harry Potter's Chamber of Secrets and then finish off The Prisoner of Azkaban. Thanks for listening. Have a happy Christmas, have a happy new year, and I'll see you in 2024. Goodbye. Hermione goes, hmm, you hear a voice and then Mrs. Norris is petrified. That's a bit of a coincidence. And it's Mm. like, at Hogwarts, that's like saying, hmm, you ate some toast earlier and then a vicar exploded. (laughs) (laughs) Anything can happen at the magic school. Exactly. The painting goes, she's right, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. I would have been thrown. I would have thrown ink at it or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> see how he likes I'm that. I'm melting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have pissed in his face. And he wouldn't be able to leave. No. He'd be like, ah. he'd, then he'd look like the guy in RoboCop that falls in the yeah. of acid. Yeah, he'd have for melted the rest of his life. Him. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. I'm in a. Tr- I'm in a permanent living hell. <laughs> 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 he'd have called to the attention of a teacher and then he'd be like what What happened and he'd be like Pat-Patter wait on me <laughs> oh, sorry I can't hear what you're saying take this painting down it's malfunctioned <laughs> no, put John, one up of a well hottie a pin-up girl Ooh. yeah <laughs> as you well know John if that was drawn to the attention of a teacher they'd go no it's probably fine fuck it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking of minions Crab and mm. Goyle yep hello minions they, they see eating. two hovering cakes. And <laughs> oh, I'm going to eat yum, them. Yum, Again, yum. this is you're not surprised the man got involved with riots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are holding so many cakes. So many cakes. And then they see two hovering cakes. Mm. They're like, well, obviously we'll eat the hovering cakes first yeah. Yeah. without question. Yeah. Um, and it's like the hovering cakes have like caviar on them or something. It's disgusting. It looks awful. And, yeah. Some yeah. strange kind of goop. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the fact they go for the hovering. The, they're not think that's suspicious, the hovering cakes at all. No. No. And they put them in the broomstick cupboard, mm-hmm. and then they take a hair off mm. both of them, 
From the head? From the head, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I use the diary to manipulate Ginny to open mm-hmm. the chamber and do all that because I'm Slytherin's heir mm. and I am, and he writes his name, mm. Tom Riddle. And it's, no, I'm, no, I don't actually. I'm, oh. just, just, <laughs> that's I'm such a good committed. To, I'm sorry, I would have gone actor. for a piss. I know. Um, but yeah, his name is Tom Ma- Malvolo Riddle. Yeah. Yep. Because they just needed, basically, they've got a bin of letters that they yeah. need to make that work. Like yeah. a, bag, a bag of Scrabble letters, and you've got that yeah. in the middle, and you're like, ah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and you use Marvolo, the other person's like, that's not a word. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It is, it means redemptive. Sure, right. that works, that'd be fine. When, when he was writing out his full name hmm. in a sequence that takes, like, minimum oh, three minutes God, to complete, yeah. Yeah. why didn't Harry just, like, you know, like, rabbit punch him in the kidney? Yeah. <laughs> Down, like, balls. Oh, just finished. I wonder if his he, foot would have gone through him because he's sort of a ghost from the past. Luckily, a mm. car turns up. Yes, that's fun. I like that. That's a, a good flying car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The car's alive. I forgot about that at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, presumably, now. it heard they were going to see the spiders, so it drove all the way from the Weasleys to oh, there yeah. just in case. <laughs> it, it ran off on its own after the the wanking tree uh, smashed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and it dumped them out as if to say, "Well, thank you very much." And it flew off. Mm. And then we don't know the woods. Maybe it went. Yeah, in the maybe it just hid, hid in the woods for a bit. I want there to be a scene where it's flying through the air and it sees <laughs> a pink car. Oh, and nice. Then goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then they go down to the woods. Yeah. And, and she opens her boot and he kind of goes up. And then it's like. <laughs> 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 That's nice. And then it has a race with a red car. And, but one eats a Milky Way. Yeah, one eats a lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a few more uh, British gangster movie titles. Uh, oh, okay. please. Oh, yeah, well, please. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Blade Factory 6, The Slayer in Marbella. <laughs> nice. Luton Groin Grinders. Perfect. Uh, the Who You Looking At Twat Pack 2, Two Twat Two Looking At. Les Dennis is in that one, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's, yeah. He plays um, um, Uncle Nonce, the, uh, <laughs> That's a character. the, the godfather. That is yeah. not he's an accusation. Right. He's dressed as a teddy boy. Yeah. And um, uh, Piss Lads. Piss, piss lads. lads. I'd go watch Piss Lads. In right. Okay. Is that okay. Sean Bean? Piss Lads. That's uh, no. That's uh, actually the original um, Colin from Press Gang. Piss Lads. Uh, <laughs> remade later with Sean Bean. Yeah. So he's on the bus and then stands reading a newspaper which talks about Sirius Black. Yes. And then Harry's like, "Who's Sirius Black?" And he's like, "What do you mean, who's Sirius Black? You fucking mug. You fucking. <laughs> you I'm fucking me? reading a newspaper. <laughs> I don't look over my fucking shoulder. Get your own fucking paper, you piece of shit. You come on my fucking bus, my tall fucking thin bus, and you come and talk to me like this. You yeah. piece of shit. You have no respect, no fucking goddamn respect whatsoever. Get the fuck off this bus. <laughs> Dance, motherfucker. <laughs> Dance. <laughs> Dance. That doesn't happen, by the way. No, no. Stan no, just, just is like, us, what yeah. do you mean you've never heard of Sirius Black? He's only the first person to ever escape from Azkaban. Yeah. And he's a big supporter of new you-know-who. And I thought, oh, Jim Davison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's back. It's been, it's been yeah. set up in previously in the film. Yeah, yeah. His last tour was called No Further Action, which is, if I'm going to do a tour, I want to name it after me gloating that people, uh, uh, I was being sued for like a sexual assault or something, and right. I'm no longer being sued for that. Yeah. And so I go, yeah, 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 hey, yeah. everyone, aren't yeah. I awesome? And everyone's like, oh, okay, mm. okay. I, I think I'd call mine released without bail, just to make it seem extra creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and never, yeah. never, never address it, just leave people wondering what it is I did <laughs> and got away with. <laughs> 
We also introduced the fact that Hagrid is now the new Care of Magical Creatures teacher. Mm-hmm. And we nice. find out that the old one is retiring to spend more time with his limbs, remaining limbs, which I yeah, think is a good, a good joke. joke. That's a good joke. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. justice for Hagrid, finally, after like in the last film, it turned out mm. he should have just had a happy, normal life as a wizard, but was yeah. falsely accused of something yeah. when he was a child. <laughs> and, uh, and it's there never been addressed. There should be a Netflix series about him, like making a murderer. Hmm. Yeah. About Hagrid. <laughs> yeah, making a caretaker. <laughs> making a caretaker. Oh, nice, very nice. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. I, I burnt him in a ditch, but it wasn't me. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have not said, said that. Oh, that's a bit like. Oh, um... I missed that. When's that coming back? <laughs> that's basically those tapes of Peter Sutcliffe, isn't it? Like <laughs> accidentally confessing to murder after murder. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Maybe, maybe someone, maybe there was the Weirside Hagrid who set a tape in. <laughs> right, I'm Hagrid. I see you've had no luck catching me, Jack. <laughs> it were me who opened the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I mean, it was clearly Hagrid. No, no. someone with yes. a northeastern accent. So yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs>